Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Turn it on, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North. It's real simple. You know, if you take a person's legs away, they can't run. With your hosts, David Hawn. I want to remind people, there is no award for coming to the conclusion fastest on a quarterback in your football city. Nobody remembers and frankly, nobody cares. And Dan Weeder. Particularly in this town, we start to get the extremes trying to outshout each other, right? Those who think that he's a bust are trying to outshout those who think that he's going to be an absolute seven-time All-Pro. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from 670 The Score, the Mullen Haw Show. Dan Weeder from the Chicago Tribune out in New Jersey at MetLife Stadium yet again. This is the Take the North podcast. You can get it on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Download, listen, and subscribe. This is the post-game version, our reaction and analysis, which is pretty universal, I think, Dan. 31 to 10 losers to the Jets. The Bears played competitively for one half, and then the wheels fell off in the second half. What was your overall initial reaction and summation of today? Yeah, it's not just that the wheels fell off, David. It's that there were injuries to key players that made this a a day that's going to be tough to stomach for the Bears as they get on a plane and and fly home. Obviously, the the two most notable injuries of the day are to Eddie Jackson in the first half. He left the locker room in a walking boot. Uh, Darnell Mooney suffers a left ankle injury when uh, he gets landed on the back of his left leg while blocking in the third quarter. And those are two of your, your leaders on your team and two of your heartbeat guys in that locker room. And so it's not just losing and demoralizing fashion and getting beat by 21 points here on the road it's losing guys now that that you know I, I would doubt either of those guys would play next week against the Packers then you have the bye week and then you have to start making some big picture decisions right as an organization on on how quickly you want to rush a guy back into to action in a season that's obviously going down the drain so there's a lot to unpack quickly I think the injuries are near the top of the list and one of them led to some pregame confusion <laughs> I think maybe the most drama we saw all day was what went uh, what tra- went down and transpired in the 60 minutes before kickoff. Let's start out this morning, Dan, as you arrived at MetLife Stadium and you anticipated 
Justin Fields maybe not playing, but the Bears had not made that official until deeming him inactive at 10.30, 90 minutes before kickoff, 10.30 Central. Before that, there was uh, some warming up, some throwings. Take it from there in terms of what happened from the time you first saw Justin Fields through – Let's say the coin flip. Well, well, let, let's let's start with Fields because if you take it back to Saturday when this team got on the plane to to, to head for New Jersey, uh, they were doing so at the end of a week in which Justin took almost no reps in the team periods of practice, right? And so your tell is there already that Justin Fields wasn't going to play in this game. Matt Eberflus said all week that Justin had to basically clear three. Uh, checkpoints right to, to, to be able to play in this game today the first one was getting clearance from the medical staff for game action didn't clear that one the second one was feeling good enough himself like he could protect himself and be able to play in a game didn't clear that one the third one would have been the coaches giving him the green light to play feeling like functionally from what they had seen in practice he w- uh, would have been able to go with that injured left shoulder and Matty Reflux said after the game oh for three right like so, so so none of those checkpoints were cleared and so the idea that that the Bears were actually going to make a, a, a game day decision was was gamesmanship in a 21 point loss so it just goes back to what we talked about the other day have all your fun playing games and and doing the gamesmanship stuff it doesn't matter right it, it didn't flummox the jets and it didn't get anywhere but it, to, to, do you want to chime in on that well, I, and think, then I think the, you're right it was all kind of nonsensical the way that they went through uh all of the paces and jumped through all of the hoops because they wanted to give some sort of uh, false positive, and it's ridiculous. Here's the thing. Bottom line is, thank goodness, whatever they did, it's almost like don't pay attention to what's going on uh, behind the curtain, but <laughs> the bottom line is they didn't risk further injury to Justin Fields, and I yeah. think if they ever considered it, that that would, would would be very troubling. So at least we don't have that part to discuss today because that was a smart safe decision regardless of all the nonsensical rhetoric that led up to today well you're right about that i i wrote in my column that one of the best things to come out of today on a day where almost nothing good came out of the day was the fact that justin fields didn't play and that your qb1 was preserved and and smartly put uh on the shelf to to, to be a spectator for this game now we get to the the stadium and and we're, we're eager to at least see what kind of charade they're going to put on and let me just say this like the questions were they asking like how, how much extra time did the jet spend preparing for Justin Fields and how does that correlate to the amount of time that the Bears spent trying to conjure up some scheme to make the Jets think that he was going to play today so we get here and Justin throws like four or five passes like lob passes maybe 15 yards down the field runs back in the tunnel comes back out with the other quarterbacks is taking the third set of reps behind Simeon and Peterman and so you you had your answer there well then we get further uh, toward game time and we get word up in the press box from the Bears communications department that, that Trevor Simeon suffered an oblique injury and he was not going to be able to start. And so that became uh, a piece of news that spread like wildfire through Twitter, uh, through the, the Fox NFL Today pregame show. And everyone was expecting Nathan Peterman to get the start. And then about 10, 12 minutes before the game, it was like, well, hold on a second. Simeon might be able to go. He ends up getting uh, some medication uh, to, to, to help numb the pain, and he, he, he gives it a go. And, and David, I think in his words after the game, uh, he said, I'm embarrassed more than anything, right? Like this is week 12, and you've got a bunch of guys in that locker room who have put their bodies through hell, and now all of a sudden you suffer a non-contact injury in pregame warm-ups as the QB2. I think Trevor uh, Simeon's embarrassment is justifiable, right? And, and, and give him credit for playing and playing pretty well in the first quarter. But, man, what, what, a, what a little twist on a, on, a, on a season where it just, it just feels so bearsy, doesn't it? 
It does. At 11.11 a.m. Central Time, the Bears PR department tweeted out that Nathan Peterman, whose last start <laughs> came against the Bears and helped them win when he threw uh, a pick six and three interceptions, I think that was four years ago. It was. But that was his last start. So he was going to start, and that was according to the tweet. Dan, I'm on WBBM's pregame show with uh, Ron Gleason, uh, Jim Schwanz and Jay Hilgenberg and with Big Z. Brad Biggs yeah. was in there and we were all together. It's our typical hit every Sunday morning. And all of a sudden, it's like Jeff Joniak chimes in. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so he's got breaking news. And it's like, wait, you got to be kidding me. And we're all like, oh, my gosh. It was so ridiculous and, and, and unexpected that we're silly. It was like silliness on top of the stuff we described in uh, the, the gamesmanship. And now you had Trevor Simeon a non-contact injury in pregame warmups. How tough must their practices be if their <laughs> pregame warmups are like this? So, yeah, we got word. And then, so we, I mean, I think most of us thought up until probably right around the coin flip that it was going to be Nathan Peterman. Right. And he, yeah, he, even after the national anthem, we're still trying to figure it out. Simeon is, ends up, you know, starting playing the whole game. You know what happened from there. Again, the Bears scored 10 points uh, on their first two drives and then went the last 44 minutes without scoring again. And so it was just a, 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 an indication that without Justin Fields, this offense lacks significant pop, right? There's just nothing there. There's no sizzle. There's no flash. There's no big plays. Uh, and they're just not going to be able to get it done. And so they need Justin Fields. We, we, we've established that uh, he is the, the, the guy on this offense that makes everything go. He, he's the guy that, that really is the fireworks show. And now they've got to figure out a way to get him back. I asked Matt Eberflus directly after the game, if things trend in the direction that they trended this week, do you expect them to play against the Packers? He said, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, they, they obviously feel like Justin has gotten better every single day, and their hope is that he will continue to get better every single day. And he would certainly hope uh, that with another week now uh, to get his body right and a rivalry game, potentially against Aaron Rodgers, if he's still healthy, and Packers, that he would do everything within his power to, to, to get himself on the field to that game at Soldier Field. He also said to you it was a good question. So that was a good question <laughs> by you. And I think that before we get to that argument or that debate or that conversation, let's wait and see. Because as we said last time we, we did this, time is an ally and it changes everything. <laughs> I mean, the song lyrics are right. Time does change everything about how you feel about your body's healing process. Justin Fields may be a quick healer. I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here seven days before kickoff next week and declare that he should sit out and it'd be in the best interest. I'm not sure about that. Maybe we'll lean that way, but let's keep the conversation going. I do know this. There was only, there weren't many bright spots today and there weren't yeah. many things to point to said, okay, take away. But I do think that if there's anything that if I'm coaching Justin Fields and I always try to look at it, or if you're coaching the bears, I'm looking at my young quarterback and I'm hoping that he saw ways that Trevor Simeon went before before the offense fell apart, but in that first half, do things um, not only efficiently, but he, throwing guys open, as right. they say. He took a chance with Chase Claypool, it paid off. He took another chance Byron um, Pringle, yep. with Pringle, and it paid off. And I think sometimes you feel or you sense that Justin Fields is reluctant to do what Trevor Simeon did in the passing game today, 
And maybe if he, if that left an impression as he watched in the rain, that's not a terrible thing. Let's let's establish this just so that uh, no one misconstrues what we're saying. There is no debate. There is no Justin or Trevor debate, right? No. Justin Fields is yeah. the clear-cut, better quarterback and the better guy to take this offense forward. That said, Trevor Simeon does things, as you mentioned, that Justin needs to get better at, right? And, and, and it's okay to point out that your young, developing quarterback has areas he needs to improve, and those are a couple of them. Being able to just let it rip on plays where, where you've got one-on-one coverage and you've got a playmaker that you trust, and you're just going to give him an opportunity to make a play because that's what this league is. And you can't just rely on yourself all the time at that position to make plays, right? And so Justin's got to, got to figure that out. Chase Claypool in the first quarter today had 51 receiving yards, which is more than he had in his first three games as a Bear, right? And so so that was notable. The, the touchdown pass to Pringle wasn't a great ball at all. You give Byron Pringle a lot of credit for hauling that in because that could have been an end zone interception, but it was a chance that Simeon took that that you want to see Justin take more of in moments that, that call for. And so hopefully in in film this week with Luke Getze and Andrew Janoco, they go through some of this stuff and they point things out and Justin will nod and say, yeah, you know, this is something that I need to to, to, to improve in my game to become a more complete quarterback. I think the, the one thing, David, and, 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 you know, we've got plenty of weeks ahead and months ahead after the season ends to talk about this, that people need to realize is you're not just trying to turn Justin Fields into to your undisputed starting quarterback for 2023. You're trying to turn him into your undisputed starting quarterback for 2027, right? And I've been saying this for a while now that, like, the timeline for you to have to decide whether you, you want to pay Justin Fields, you know, $250, $270 million is going to come up on you faster than you think. And so you want him to get to these checks points right and 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 be able to clear uh some of these hurdles as soon as possible and so that that's just you know part of this process and 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 one we'll keep an eye on going forward trevor simeon did what trevor simeon is expected to do he was serviceable uh i thought he did a couple of nice things i do respect his leadership he's always been that guy remember him from college and he hasn't really changed that much whether it was diving ahead for a first down in in the rain after the game was out of hand with a sore oblique and an injured oblique or whatever, he didn't let that stop him, to accepting responsibility for the sack with Larry Borum on the the right side where he called it a protection mix-up. It was definitely somebody missed an assignment, whether it was a quarterback or whoever, but it was a a guy was unblocked. Uh, Huff, Bryce Huff, I think, was unblocked. A defensive end, right? Like, I mean, he, you, can, you can get a linebacker unblocked every once in a while because yeah. you don't – I it mean, but a glaring it. mistake that he took, <laughs> he took blame for, and I think that's what you want from a guy like that. But, again, it's all about Justin Fields. It's all about um, what the – other than Darrington Evans, maybe yeah. Simeon in the first half, Jack Sanborn made a, a bunch of tackles again. Dan, there, there weren't many players who left – MetLife Stadium feeling very good about the performance. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Darrington Evans because in a season like this, you know, a day like that is going to go under the radar, right? And you're going to say, oh, who cares? It's Darrington Evans in a 21-point loss. But he got an opportunity today uh, that the Bears wanted to see him run the football. And I think he had, let me see, I think eight carries or nine carries. But, um, you know, nine carries for 34 yards is his, his final total, but showed some wiggle and showed some vision in moments where you say, okay, he didn't seem overwhelmed. Uh, and I talked to him for a couple minutes in the locker room afterwards, and he just felt like there was some Something here to build on today that that his ability to, um, you know, see some of that that offense defense game speed in the NFL regular season and get a, a good taste of that is helpful going forward. And so it's a, it's a guy worth looking at. You know, as as Khalil Herbert's on injured reserve, as David Montgomery, who I think probably had the best game of any Bears player out here today with like 100, 113 yeah. uh, all purpose yards. Um, you, you just you had an opportunity to look at another guy and you saw some things that that probably pique your curiosity a little bit. 
Yeah, and I think that um, that's a positive for the offense. Defensively, let's start <laughs> and let's go to the secondary because they were without Brisker, they were without Gordon, and they missed both guys. The, the, the way and the ease with which Jets receivers were able to get open was glaring and it was ugly. And whether it was Garrett Wilson or I mean, just name, pick a receiver and they were finding their way. Let's go to the Eddie Jackson play because uh, yeah. Garrett Wilson, that you know ends up being a 54-yard um, touchdown pass and catch. And it was, it was great because he's a dynamic rookie and all that. But Eddie Jackson couldn't drive on the ball because when he started to, his, something popped in his left foot. He went down. Uh, Wilson ran right by him where he would have been. Dan, that was hard to watch him getting helped off the field. I know you probably saw him afterward. You alluded to the walking boot. It doesn't look good for Eddie Jackson. Yeah, no, it doesn't. He was in better spirits on the way out of the locker room than I thought he would be. You know, all, all things considered, I think we're going to have to see throughout this week what what these tests turn up. Um, you know, uh, like I say, I, you know, you, the walking boot is never a good sign. And just the way that it happened, David, like you've seen those injuries more than once where it's just non-contact and the way a guy goes down like he gets sniped is like, oh, no, you know, is this the worst case scenario? And that's the thing that the Bears can ill afford. They can't afford to have another team captain facing a grueling, intense rehabilitation process, right? Especially with the way Eddie Jackson has played this year and shown that he deserves to be part of this uh, group's plans going forward. And so you just you just cross your fingers and you hope that that injury uh, isn't something that, that takes him out of the mix, like deep into to 2023. If he's able to play again this year, you celebrate, right? Like that, right. That, that's yeah. a major victory uh, at this point. And who knows which way they turn on that. And that was a tough one. You know, look, like you mentioned the secondary. I mean, Garrett Wilson scores his first touchdown of the game after getting held by Kendall Vildor, right? Yeah, and so, right. like, Kendall Vildor gets beat, he holds, and then, you know, he gets, uh, gives up, you know, seven yards of separation and the guy's in the end zone with a touchdown. And, and so you just, you can't lose sight, and I know we haven't, of the idea that, like, Fields Fever has been this, this concealer on all the things that are wrong with this team, right? Like, they just don't have ready-made playmaking answers at most positions on the roster. And in order to be competitive in this league, you got to have guys that that can win games for you. And they, there's just so few of them. David, this is defensively, uh, they go without a takeaway. Fourth time this year without a takeaway. They go without multiple sacks. The seventh time this year in 12 games that they haven't had two sacks in a game. That's unforgivable. No matter who your personnel is, uh, it tells you that you're not getting things done. And then obviously it tells you that you need to upgrade the personnel. And when you need to upgrade the personnel at all of these positions, Right. Like all this all this draft capital and salary cap room that people have been talking about forever. It dries up pretty quickly when you have this many needs. Armand Watts got his first sack uh, for a defensive lineman on the Bears, I think, in six weeks. So that tells you how long ago it has been for that to happen. And linebackers, you want to give Jack Sanborn credit for flying around, playing hard. You certainly Nick Morrow is playing hard. But the. This is a very limited defense with now a lot of holes decimated in the secondary when you're lining up guys like Elijah Hicks, special teamers asked to perform, you know, regular third down duties against receivers who are emerging as a very promising core in New York. That's a pretty fun team to watch. You wonder where it's headed. Mike White, yeah, he, uh, you know, boy, where did he come from? He's great <laughs> for the tabloids now because he's got the great name for the back pages and he beats out or, you know, he restores the faith in him and by Robert Sala and does exactly what you want a quarterback to do when you put him in the lineup. Zach Wilson standing on the sidelines trying to look like he's happy for uh, Mike <laughs> White and you wonder what's going through that young man's head. But the Jets look like a team 
that they're going to look at this pivot point in their season and maybe try to build off that. No question. And, and, and they're a better football team right now. But listen, this was Mike White. And at times today, it looked like Aaron Rodgers. He's 22 for 28 <laughs> for 315 yards and three touchdowns with a 149.3 passer rating, right? Like people are, 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 are hell bent on being like, well, the Bears, you know, were depleted. They didn't have their starting quarterback. They were missing guys in the secondary. Well, Mike White just let you up for 315 and three. And your leading rusher for the Jets was Zonovan Knight, who I really hadn't heard of before I got to the stadium today, right? He's like the fifth on their depth chart. It was, you know, Brees Hall has been on IR and, and, and Michael Carter and James Robinson and, and Ty Johnson. And then you get down to Zonovan Knight, right? Like, so they weren't getting torn up by stars of the league, right? And that, that should be troubling inside that building at House Hall when you go back and look through the film and you say, boy, Zonovan Knight ripped us up for 69 yards on 14 rushes and, and, and 4.9 an attempt. That can't happen. Uh, Ty Johnson, five, five rushes for 62. I, 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 you know, I mean, I know that the, the, the results don't matter and the losses don't matter, but if you, you keep shining a black light over this lot roster and you see all the stains and the blemishes and everything else that's here, it's, it's, it's got to keep Ryan Poles up at night. It has to. Well, the Jets were so sorry to see the Bears defense leave town. They offered him another couple of nights in the plaza. They're like, right, please stay. We, we, you were exactly what we needed this weekend. All right, let's go to the other big injury news. Darnell Mooney yeah, he got rolled on a, a run play. He was blocking like every good wide receiver on the Bears does, and he got caught up in it. Dan, I thought it was remarkable for the game. I think it was during one of the pregame shows heard from Joniak, it might have been again, that he's caught a pass in every game that he's played for the Bears. Yeah, and until today, right? Now, yeah, until today, ended today, and he's in jeopardy of missing some time now because that looked not as bad as Eddie Jackson's, but I don't know. I'm just talking about what I saw, but it's not a good thing when a guy like that, what he means to that camaraderie, of the, uh, that offense goes down like that. Well, David, it, it did look bad because Darnell Mooney couldn't get off the field and into the tunnel with any weight on his left foot, right? Like he had to be carried into that tunnel in that corner of the the, the stadium. And, and so you go, man, that, that just, it, it looked bad. We didn't see him in the locker room after the game, which, you know, who knows what that means. You don't want to read into that too much. But, you know, that injury occurs in the third quarter and, and Mooney didn't even have a pass thrown to him today right in the first half and so um yeah it's another it's another twist on a season where you're like no no like don't don't also subtract the guys that you thought were were locked in right like as as ready-made 2023 starters you've got all these other things to fill you don't need Darnell Mooney, you know, going into the 2023 offseason, trying to battle and get him himself stronger and, and rehabbed and everything else. So we'll see as the week progresses what the news is there. Um, just back to the quarterback discussion for a second. I'm going to throw this at you because it's a conversation that was had up in the press box. The Bears are hosting the Packers next week at Soldier Field, and there seems to be a buzz out of Green Bay that Aaron Rodgers' thumb is worse than he's been letting on for a few. And if they lose to the Eagles, which is a game later tonight after we're recording this, would they consider shutting? him down for a little while well my guess is Aaron Rodgers would watch tape of this Bears secondary right now and go can I, can I get one more game with Soldier right. Field right like can, can I go back in that south end zone and, and try to find somebody flipping me off and yell some nasty things at them just for my own tape it up wear the mushrooms I'm good to go yeah right right right, yeah, right. like yeah, I don't even care if I'm hallucinating out there but just give me one more crack at a defense like this I agree why wouldn't he want to go to Soldier Field he definitely I would think that knowing him him. he's playing 
through this and look at their record. I think he's playing through this, and if they get eliminated officially, I still think he he would want to play. Maybe he'd feel differently. Maybe they talk him out of it. Well, Not maybe they want to see Jordan Love, you know, and and yeah. just get an understanding of what's there as they try to make decisions for the future. So but. you know, the conversation will go in Chicago. Well, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play and thinks it's not worth it, why would Justin Fields need to come back, especially with an off week? And yeah, we'll have that conversation, but I don't think we need to have it now. Dan, any, any other things wrapped up? You, I, I go back to what you talked about last week, and I've really been thinking about this. This season could unfold in front of us, and there's five games left, and that's a threat uh, more than a promise. Will we know what kind of game day coach Matt Eberflus is? Will we know? I think we've been impressed overall with Luke Getz. He drove me, cra- drove me crazy again today with a compromised quarterback and a quarterback sneak. What are you doing? What are and, you doing? And Trevor got crushed on that play, too. Crushed, crushed, <laughs> crushed. But we may get to the end of the season and still wonder, like, oh, I wonder what kind of coach he is. A hundred percent. And, you, and you're going to get to the end of the season and wonder what kind of G- GM Ryan Poles is. And you're going to get to the end of the season and wonder where the pass rush is going to come from. And you're going to get to the end of the season and wonder how they're going to get six reinforcements on their offensive line. And you're going to get to the end. Of, you know, I, I mean, th- that's what I mean, where, where you can't lose the big picture in the midst of the, the Justin Fields euphoria, right? And, and we may get to the end of the season and not know how how efficient of a passer that Justin Fields can be long-term, right? And that's what we're trying to find out here and figure out. And I think there's this growing buzz, you know, in league circles and, and, and even close to the Bears that, like, down the stretch of whatever games Justin plays the rest of the year, they got to turn him loose as a passer a little bit to just learn that a little more, right? right. And, and there's got to be some intervention from uh, above at some point to say, look, like, we have to make some real really, really important decisions for the long-term health of this franchise. And one of them is trying to figure out where this quarterback can, can win us games through the air. Because again, the bears still have the, the, the league's worst passing attack by a country mile, one of the worst of the last 30 years. And so you want to, you want to be able to have some of those answers uh, before you get into the off season. And, and I'm just afraid, you know, to your point, the bears have not won a game since they left Gillette stadium. Right. Like, and so the losses keep piling up and, and, and so you, you're going to get to the end of this and go, what did we really establish? You know, what, what did we really establish? Did we check the box that Justin has made progress and shown flashes that he can be our long-term answer at quarterback? We did, but beyond that, what? And right now I think there's a lot of what that needs to be figured out. Haven't won since October 24th today. It was 31 to 10. The others have been competitive. This one didn't feel that way. That's what made it to me feel like the longest loss of the year so far, just because of you weren't watching, waiting for something special to happen with Justin Fields. And there was a sense of dread and inevitability that it was going to be the blowout that it became. So that's it for me, Dan. I, I hope you have safe travels back and we'll come back at it on Tuesday morning. But that this was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm leaving MetLife Stadium for the second time this year. I covered two games here. The Bears put the ball in the end zone one time. That's not good. That's like <laughs> that's less scoring than a World Cup soccer game. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, hopefully they can find some answers. Hopefully Justin will get the right treatment and 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 the right uh, approach over this next week and be ready to play. Because it would be fun for him to return for that game against the Packers and and particularly against a, a beatable Packers squad and a vulnerable Aaron Rodgers. You'd like to see them give it their best swing. And we'll be ready either way. Tuesday morning, we will drop our next podcast. You can listen to this one tonight and Monday as our post-game reaction on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you download, listen, and subscribe to Take North. Looking forward to our next conversation. For Dan Weeder, for Adam Stadzinski, I'm David Haw from 670 Score Mullen Haw. Full reaction, 530 to 10. Weekday morning starting tomorrow, Monday morning on this 31 to 10 loss. Talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Great talk. See you out there. Thank you.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 